Welcome to The Sleep Sessions. I'm your host, Dara Whitaker. This podcast is a place for women to share their successes and challenges of adapting to life and sleep after a new baby. Whether you're expecting your first or a mother of five, you can listen in weekly to learn, feel supported, and celebrate each other's unique experiences. Today, I'm speaking with Addie about her experience with having two kids under two, having an allergic reaction to the epidural that caused some breastfeeding challenges, and starting a business while she was on maternity leave. Hi, Addie. Thanks so much for talking with me on the podcast today. Can you start by telling listeners a little bit about you and your family? Absolutely. I'm excited to be here and talking to you. Uh, My name is Addie, and I have a husband, Alex, who I grew up with in Minnesota. We have two kiddos. Our son, Cooper, is two and a half, and our daughter, Claire, is six months old. We have a almost six-year-old Labradoodle who thinks she is the newborn here in the family. Uh, <laughs> and we live in Lake Forest, Illinois, so in a northern suburb um, outside of Chicago. Great. Is there anything listeners should know about your birth story? Yes. So uh, I'm going to focus on, I'm talking about Claire here. So Claire was born six months ago and it was, you know, a different experience in that it was my second. And so I felt I knew what to expect yet. There was still that uncertainty of every birth is just so different and and you don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, It's sort of one of those things, I think as women, as, as even just a human that is truly just sort of beyond your control, no matter how much you want to control it. Uh, but, but part of my birth story with her was really, uh, was really different because I felt like I had a two-year-old at home. I mean, I did have a two-year-old at home, but that I was so concerned too about him. And so it wasn't just all about the birth, but was sort of preparing to leave him for a couple of days. Uh, and then also I was sort of, for lack of better words or to be cheesy, I was birthing my own uh, company. I was, I was working to start. And so I had sort of a lot going on during during that time, I guess. Uh, but I can get into it in that I was uh, right into my birth story. But we, my daughter was due on a Saturday and I was going in on Friday to get induced. The idea you go in at 9 p.m., they check you out and then whatever, keep you overnight to soften your cervix. I don't really remember what that's called and then essentially break your water in the morning. But I went in that Thursday night at 9 p.m. here to have a baby. And they're like, no, you're having regular contractions. You're dilated four centimeters, like you're fully in labor. And I had no idea. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I was, everyone always says like the second one just sort of like comes out and is very different. And it was, so all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, how that, how strange. And I kind of thought I was having contractions, but I didn't really know because again, I feel like with the second child, I was just so busy. Maybe I wasn't so kind of constantly just waiting and wondering. So I just was in a different mental space, but so they didn't do anything. And then my water breaks at eight 30 or so in the morning. And my OB, which is sort of unique and strange and funny is my next door neighbor. Um, she actually delivered both of our kids and lives next door. So we have a quite the intimate relationship, as you can imagine. Uh, and <laughs> she, so she comes in, says, I'll be back. I don't know at noon or whatnot to check, see how you're going. You know, if you're dilated, where you're at. And, you know, a couple hours later, I was sort of like, no, I don't know. This feels weird. I don't know how gross I can get on this podcast, but I sort of feel like I was like, <laughs> I was pooping and I, I had had an epidural. And so I was like, I didn't feel anything, but I called a nurse and I'm like, I think I'm 
pooping, but I don't know. It, it was only an hour or two after my water broke. And she looks and I'll never forget. And she's like, um, no, you're, the baby's coming out. <laughs> like you're having a baby. And literally they're like, please don't move. Please don't push. I'm sitting there like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not moving. <laughs> like it was the most peaceful, bizarre thing. My husband's sitting there like he just showered. We were going to watch some episode of a TV show. My doctor, who again is our next door neighbor and now sort of one of our best friends, comes in and is like, please don't push. I'm like, I'm not pushing. Why is everyone think I'm pushing? And I swear to God, Claire literally like fell out of me. I think I pushed twice. And I'm only saying this not to be like, oh my gosh, every mom's going to say, I hate you. That sounds so easy. But it was literally the opposite of Cooper, where it was like very sort of dramatic. My water broke. The umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. I pushed for two hours. Like, you know, the whole deal, it was just sort of really dramatic. And Claire just kind of fell out into the world. (laughs) That is amazing. And I know that feeling all too well where you're like trying not to push, but there's nothing you can (laughs) do about it. It's just happening. One thing, you know, from a medical standpoint, I forgot to mention was with Cooper, I had a extreme, uh, allergic reaction to the epidural. And so they couldn't figure out what it was when I had Cooper. I had basically broken to hives up my whole back, sort of right from the incision or the where the puncture of the needle was the main site. And it spread throughout sort of my entire system, wrapped around my breasts. So trying to breastfeed while <laughs> covered in a rash with him was, was really challenging. Uh, and so going into giving birth to Claire, I'd been very anxious about, will I have that rash again? Because I went through a lot of uh, allergy testing and, and really I wasn't allergic to anything. So it was sort of confusing. They thought maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's iodine. Maybe it's the tape like from when they tape in on your back or whatever, and they really couldn't figure it out. So I went into it sort of knowing we weren't sure. And I did get the rash again with Claire, but luckily because we knew what cured it with Cooper, I could get on those, those steroids right away. Uh, and I think, and again, back, not to flip between the two kids too much, but with Cooper, it was so challenging because I felt like I had so much more to care for, for myself. You know, I was waking up in the middle of the night to put on this cream on my rash. And so I had even less sleep just because I had this, my own kind of medical challenge. Uh, and so it was a little easier the second time, but, uh, but then in terms of feeding a baby, they immediately put me on steroids. And so I wasn't able to nurse the first few days. So it was sort of a weird kind of transition because of the steroids. Were you able to nurse with um, Claire right away? Yeah. So she was born and, you know, latched immediately and we nursed and the rash didn't appear and for, for about 24 hours, which was kind of the exact same as what happened with Cooper. And so I nurse that first tw- day, which you know what that is. It's all, it's like, I don't even know what you're doing. You're not really nursing, but you are. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's coming out. Um, and then I was still in the hospital. And so they put me on a steroid drip. And so I pumped in the hospital, uh, but I had to dump that colostrum that I was pumping. And so for the two days or whatever, I was in the hospital, I was pumping to keep it going, but then not being able to give it to her. And I'll never forget this lactation consultant came in and was like, oh, it's just such a shame. You can't be giving this to her. You know, it's so good for them. And I'm like, well, thank you. Thank you so much for making me feel awesome about that right now. (laughs) So, but 
Wow, that's yeah. pretty terrible. Right. It was like, trust me, I don't want to be pumped with steroids, but I can't give this to her because then she will be pumped with steroids. So she had those, you know, little Simulac bottles or whatever they give you in the hospital. And then we got home on a Sunday and the steroids had been, I, I guess, however it kind of tapers off. I got home and I started nursing and then and it was fine. But I, you know, there's always so much anxiety and that sort of internal dialogue you constantly have as a parent, like, am I doing the right thing? And so it was hard in the hospital to right away have to not nurse knowing I wanted to because I wasn't sure if there would be trouble when I got home, you know. How was it when you first brought Claire home? You know, the biggest difference this time, too, was that I was bringing her home to Cooper, who was two and, you know, wanted mom. And it was really a different type of homecoming versus, you know, I didn't feel like I could rest as much or sit on the couch because I had this toddler. So, you know, the biggest thing was coming home and sort of bringing Claire into our family and what that would look like and making sure Cooper was okay. People always tell you these horror stories about, you know, your kids can regress or they get jealous and stuff. And so I think I had expectations that it would be challenging and we were lucky that it really wasn't. He was sort of young enough to that he wasn't talking a ton. So even if he was mad, he didn't really know how to say it, I guess. Um, So (laughs) it wasn't, you know, it was a pretty easy transition back. And then I was very, very lucky that he stayed in daycare full time. So, you know, I'm not, you know, sometimes I think it's harder if if you come home with a baby and then your toddler's home with you. Right. Uh, And so he was gone all day at daycare, which allowed me to sort of have really a a maternity leave with Claire. Uh, And, I, uh, the first few weeks was, you know, everyone knows the, you know, the peen and like the whole, how do you just get your body back together? Uh, and then I was able to start working when she was about four weeks old, which was, uh, which was exciting. Can you talk a little bit? Um, I know you mentioned earlier on that you were at the same time as giving birth to your daughter, you were also kind of birthing a business. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So uh, I was working full time at a culinary company. Um, I My whole career has been sort of in food. And uh, on the side, though, on the nights and weekends, I sort of had this idea when my son was about nine months old and had been slowly working on it and was really then pregnant when pregnant with Claire thinking, I think this could really be a real business. Uh, I'm happy to speak to what it what it is, but more about the story of where I was at at that point was Right before Claire was born, I got to a point where I needed to fundraise in order to really launch the company. So, you know, my husband and I had personally invested a little bit in this, but we realized, okay, I need significant capital to make this make this work. And so throughout the last sort of month of my pregnancy, I was working on a pitch deck uh, to go out and raise money. And the idea and what I was sort of up against this timeline in terms, I had this due date for my daughter and also my pitch deck (laughs) because the idea was I'll have Claire, I'll see how the first few weeks go, what's, what's going on in life. And then my goal was to fundraise throughout maternity leave from my real job so that when I went back to work, I essentially could quit. And so I had this very, you know, lofty goal of I'm going to raise all of the money while on maternity leave because I have the time. And I feel like as a mom, you have this idea, even in my second one, I don't even know why I had this idea that like I would be sitting around with all this time on my hands, which people think maternity leave is until you have a baby and you realize you don't have time. Um, And not to jump ahead, but that was 
an instant struggle just of, you know, sleep when the baby sleeps. And it's like, you want to sleep, but you also have dishes. And then I had this whole idea of I had to work. So, you know, anyways, how long was your maternity? I was going to say, which leads me to that. I was, <laughs> I was given six weeks, which I find to be quite insulting uh, still that this is the way the world works. Uh, I think it's archaic that they assume you only need six weeks. I was fortunate enough to take 10, uh, which meant that the la- that those last four weeks, so six weeks were paid and then four were unpaid. Um, it was the same, co- I worked at the same company when I, when I had Cooper and I ended up taking 14 weeks off, which meant, you know, quite a few more weeks we took unpaid. And, and I feel lucky that we were able to do that financially as a family, but it made me so mad to think of, you know, had I had to go back, it's six weeks is just really not long enough. Yeah. Six weeks is very yeah. short, but it's very normal. A lot of, a lot of women only take six For weeks. For sure. And I think what's interesting and, you know, is that I was certainly healed. Like my body felt fine at six weeks and, and I was in a groove, but you're still not sleeping. And so it's sort of like, why would a company even want me back? I'm like half awake. <laughs> so actually have five weeks postpartum with Cooper, I flew out to film on QVC and I will never forget. It was sort of like something that was kind of expected from my boss because we were able to get our cookbooks on QVC and going into Cooper's birth. I'm like, okay, five weeks after doesn't seem, you know, that bad. And then five weeks come and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I mean, I'm like, I was bleeding, like leaking on QVC. Clearly no one could see, but yeah, I mean, your body is certainly not really back back to you yourself at five weeks or six weeks. Well, did you end up going back to work um, after having Claire or is that when you kind of left your career and, and started your business? Yes. We, ra- we tried to raise money, this and the other, and I got to the 10 week mark and long story short, I was hoping a couple people were going to commit and they didn't. And so the Sunday before I went back to work, I had zero dollars. <laughs> So my goal was not completed Uh, and it was sad and it was hard because I thought, well, I just spent all this time and it was, everything took three times the amount of time it should have because, you know, you have a baby. So it's like I'd feed her and then I'd go answer an email and then I got really good at typing one handed as I was nursing. And so, you know, it's such a slower (laughs) approach to fundraising. And then I was so, I felt this guilt of, oh my gosh. I didn't raise any money, which is like depressing one. And did I just sort of waste that whole time with her? Because I had a lot of guilt around, you know, she fell asleep on me and then I'd instantly be like, okay, let me put her down so I can go work, you know, and, oh, or should I just hold her? Cause she's sleeping and she's a baby and I won't have this forever. So I feel like I had a lot of that internal dialogue and, you know, ultimately looking back and, and pretty soon after going back to work, I did feel like it was a really kind of cool and memorable experience to have with her. And, and in a very cheesy way, like she really, she saw me working and it's kind of cool for that. You know, she, she watched me on conference calls and, and, and meetings and it was kind of a, a cool experience to have with her as a baby. Um, but I went back to work with no money <laughs> and I was thinking, well, this is not great. And that was, uh, I think I was around October, like around Halloween, maybe. And I continued to raise money and then ended up closing my round in December. And so within two months, I sort of actually going back to work and not wanting to 
be there really sort of put a fire under me and I was able to raise close December 19th, take off time for the holidays. And then I gave my notice on January 2nd when I returned from Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's so inspiring. That's awesome. And a way to close out the year. You know, speaking of, you know, starting a company, it's I think there's so much expectation around, especially I have on myself of when do you stop working? It's like, I feel like I could work all night or all weekend because it's just so it's my other baby. And I think there's this expectation, especially from a startup sort of culture that that's what I should be doing. And so one thing I'm currently juggling and I think a lot of women do with work is just how to still be a mom you know and how to like someone wanted to meet with me on Tuesday from four to seven and I said no like I'm picking up my kids and I could have like of course I could have right you know my husband could have picked him up but I'm trying to sort of maintain that balance and I think that's gets really hard for a lot of people because you know you want to be a mom still well do you have any tips that you wanted to share with listeners oh man tips I think, (laughs) let's see, I have a funny sort of, everyone has their own way of doing this. And my husband probably would not want me to say this in public right now, but I'm going to anyway. But um, I have a funny tip. So with Cooper, I was, you know, in our bed, like we were up every few hours nursing, whatever, the whole deal. And granted, you know, my husband had the time off from work. So he was home with me. So we kind of could all day like relax and nap on and off together. So it was a different experience. Um, With Claire, again, he went back to work kind of right away and I was trying to get back into my groove too. But so I moved myself into the guest room, like after I spent a week and my husband like, you do not have to leave our room, you know, like I can help you, et cetera. But for me, and this is where the sort of more tip comes in is that I actually felt so much more relaxed being in a guest room with the bassinet next to the bed because if she woke up I'd like turn on the lights which then helped me stay awake because I kept trying to like not fall asleep while feeding and I could kind of make noise and I change her diaper on the bed and I almost just like had my own little house in this room and only for a couple weeks till we got into a really good groove where she had longer stretches at night but the, the what I really liked about it was that you know, then we'd wake up in the morning, meet downstairs and, you know, my husband had a full night's sleep and I kind of had this different perspective this second time around was like, that was really helpful for me because we weren't both tired and, you know, he was wide awake and chipper. And of course, some mornings I wanted to be like, ugh, screw you, of course, right? Because you're tired, but, but it totally. actually works really well for us, especially again with a toddler, then he'd get Cooper dressed or whatever. And I could kind of ease into the morning. So I don't know, that was just different for me that I feel like I was sort of embarrassed to tell my friends like, yeah, you know, kicked myself out of our bedroom for a good month. Like that's where it all began. I'll say that in like 16 years, I'm like still sleeping in the guest room. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm back in the room. (laughs) But um, I don't know, that was something I never really heard from anyone. And maybe that is a normal thing to do. But it really helped me because I felt like I was less anxious in the night. Like she'd wake up and I wouldn't try and be quiet. I went try and not turn the light on like to help him get some sleep because he was working. It was just like me and Claire doing our thing, you know? Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because I went through a very similar situation where I, so I, let me just preface this. I only pumped for about six weeks after my daughter was born, but um, in the middle of the night, I would go into the guest room and pump 
um, mm-hmm. because I didn't want to disturb my husband who was sleeping and who was right back at work. Um, and he would always be like, why don't you just stay in our room yeah. and do it? It's not going to you know, wake me up. It's fine. And I was just like, you know what? It's so much more comfortable for me in the mm-hmm. other room. I can turn the lights on. Like you said, um, I, you know, can guilt free, look at my phone and buy <laughs> random things on Amazon in the middle of the 100%. night. But... <laughs> it was like so much more but, relaxing, but it was just so much better. And people, I feel like he yeah, was guilty. He like felt so guilty because people be like, "Oh, you know, are you up all night?" And he's like, "No, I'm <laughs> sleeping a good eight hours or whatever." Like, as if he felt some guilt, like he should be helping. But and again, everyone completely has their own way of doing it, you know, and that works for them. But for me, it was like, you don't need to wake up and change the diaper and this and that. Like, it's just more commotion. Like, let me just kind of live my life in this room for a few weeks and guilty buy things online, like you said. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else that you want to share? Someone said to me, it was actually, her name's Lisa Gersh. She was the CEO of Martha Stewart when I worked there. And now she, I don't know if she's still at Goop, but she then became CEO of Goop. So Gwyneth Paltrow's company. And we had breakfast one morning when I worked there and she said, you know, I'm three things. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and I'm a CEO. Like those are the three things I identify with and whatever yours are, are they are if you say I'm a daughter I'm a sister like what are the things you feel you are and and she said you're really rarely going to be good at all three every day like it's just they're going to have very few days where you kicked ass in the meeting you made it to your son's soccer game and then you picked up a cake to surprise your husband for his birthday on the way home like those days are awesome and she said, like, some days you'll have, you know, you'll get two right. Like, you'll kick ass in the meeting. You'll get to your son's soccer game, but you'll totally forget it's your husband's birthday. And and she said, most days, like, you're probably going to do one well. Like, you're going to kick ass in the meeting and kind of forget the other two things or not be able to make it there on time. And she's like, that's okay. You know, she said, I think, like, people try and live every day to do all those, the three things they are to their absolute best. And that's just not always possible. And so instead of like trying to do that, realize like you may be really good at one of those things, maybe two. And like some awesome days, you're going to be awesome at all three. And I'll never forget that. I was, I was young. I wasn't married and have kids. So I didn't totally understand or relate, but I think about it a lot now where it's like, yeah, like the days I'm good at all three of those things, I feel awesome. But most days, it's not all three, and that's okay. Thanks so much for listening in. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at, at the sleep sessions.